Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The special counsel investigating Hunter Biden, a guy by the name of David Weiss, will apparently seek to indict Hunter Biden before the end of the month. That's according to documents in a court filing that the prosecution made to update the judge in the case on uh, the special counsel's investigation into the president's son's failure to pay taxes. That's where this all started. It all it actually all started. I mean, the, the IRS got on to Hunter Biden because of a uh, uh, of a human trafficking investigation that they were running down, and that's where they came across Hunter Biden's details. And that prompted them to start pursuing that. And um, one of the things, <clears throat> so I was doing a live stream last night and we were talking about this, uh, this, very, this very unusual approach to prosecuting Hunter Biden. Th- I right, think about this, okay? You have all of this evidence that indicates shell companies, international, uh, you know, money coming in through a couple people, but all working for uh, these different shell companies. The money comes in, it moves around, and you've got, obviously, somebody's in charge. Somebody's a ringleader on this, right? Who's in charge of this operation? Because it, it has all of the, the earmarks of, a, of an illegal influence-peddling corruption pay-to-play, quid pro quo, whatever you want to call it, but it has all the earmarks of this kind of an operation. So when investigating something like this, you find some, you know, low-level offender. And the way that you then proceed to track down who's at the top is you get the people at the lower levels to flip, right? We're seeing it right now with all of the uh, indictments against Donald Trump. They're leaning on you, right? You charge all of these people at the lower end of the pyramid of power. You, you charge the, you know, the street dealer, the guy slinging the dime bags on the corner, right? And you you take him into custody and you lean on him and maybe he's got some priors and maybe he's got a weapons charge or something. I'm just kidding. We don't prosecute those in America anymore. But you, you, you get him scared that he could be looking at 10, 15, 20 years in prison. And so then he, he would roll. But they're not doing that with Hunter Biden. Why not? Do they think he's the he's the head of the serpent here? Right? He's the he's the top guy, he's the one in charge of all of this. I would say that's not plausible because look at what they did charge him with, right? They charged him with two counts of the filing the bad taxes and then they charged him with a gun possession by a prohibited buyer. Right, so he wasn't allowed to buy the gun. He lied on the form, and, uh, and then he took pictures of him of himself, you know, doing drugs, smoking crack, and having the gun, and like that's all that's all illegal. 
And so they could have come down on him. They could have dropped the hammer on him on the, the IRS charges, the filing the false taxes. He owes a bunch of money on those. But also for the, the two years that he took money, you know, and then didn't pay taxes, like to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of two years when he was, quote, working for Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, when he was on their board of directors, where the Burisma people and Hunter's own former business partner says his, the whole point was to get access to Joe Biden, right? They let him skate on that. They let the statute of limitations expire on those two charges. But here's the key is that during the plea agreement, remember, it all fell apart because the judge started asking some questions about this immunity deal. So not only did he get the reduced charges, no no prison for any of this stuff, right? He got, you know, some fines for the taxes stuff, but those should have been charged as felonies. That's what the IRS investigators say. They always charged as felonies, but they reduced all of those. No prison for that. And then only a probation, house arrest, you know, mo- you know, monitoring and don't do drugs for like two years or whatever on the gun charge. Right. So that's not indicative of, you know, throwing a bunch of charges at somebody and trying to get them to roll over. Right. It's another piece of evidence that they're not pursuing the case as they would any other case. But more than that is that the they included an immunity provision for any potential crimes past or future basically (laughs) it's like here's your get out of jail free card we've laminated it for you be sure to keep this in your wallet at all times right next to your uh your id uh and uh yeah here's uh yeah okay here's a doj badge you just put that baby in your wallet and you just flash that if you ever get pulled over again whatever so the immunity protection that was also given to him to cover everything else that was on the laptop that might come out later, right? As people start putting together all of the information about the the timeline, because that's what's that's what's occurring right now. There, you've got House investigators, you've got some conservative media outlets, and they are building the timeline based on information as it becomes available, and then they backfill with stuff out of the laptop and piece together a a better understanding of what all was going on as it was going on. Because before now, there have been a lot of blank spaces, and those gaps have been used by Hunter Biden, by uh, Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, in order to uh, say that there's no connection, there's no fire there, it's just a lot of smoke, and he did nothing wrong, and Joe just loves his son, he was never involved in any of the business and all that. The problem is, is that as more of the information comes out, all of those lies are exposed. And what we see now is you've got prosecution deal, uh, a prosecution deal that was not designed to bring down the leader of a corruption ring. It was designed to make it go away. Right. That's become obvious. Are there any low-level offenders associated with this that are getting any kind of serious jail time? I think Devin Archer got like a one-year deal or one-year term, something like that. Nobody else is going down for this. So so there's no incentive for them to play ball with the government, with prosecutors. Like these are are some of the most timid prosecutors I've ever heard of. This is the kind of case that makes your career, I guess, unless you are an attorney in Delaware. Right. Maybe then not so much. 
But obviously, the Biden dynasty is dying. And at some point, I think Democrats are going to realize that. I don't know. They do a lot of things that confound me, so I don't know. But I think at some point they have to realize that. Like, who, who's who's next in line? It was supposed to be Bo. And he died in a wildfire, I think, in Maui. Um, and so then there's Hunter Biden. And that guy is so damaged that he can't, he can't continue with the dynasty. So who's left? James Biden? Joe's brother? Yeah, not so much. I got a story about him today, too. So the agreement, this plea deal collapsed as it was reviewed by a judge, according to TheHill.com, with prosecutors and attorneys for Biden left unclear of the extent the president's son would be immune to prosecution or other matters. Right. But the key here is that prosecutors say that they will be seeking an indictment by the end of the month. Don't know on what charges. Don't know how serious. No idea. We shall see. Also on Wednesday... The House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Jim Jordan, the House Oversight Committee Chairman, James Comer, and the House Ways and Means Committee, sorry, the all-powerful Ways and Means Committee Chairman, Jason Smith from Missouri, they sent Hunter Biden's lawyers a letter requesting copies of internal documents and communications that were referenced in a New York Times article and a Politico article about how the deal collapsed, okay? New York Times and Politico both did stories about how Hunter Biden's plea deal fell apart. And now the House committees that are investigating would like to see those documents. Oh, you can't see those documents. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You can't see them. That's that's attorney client privilege or or whatever. Like, or, but, oh, that's not really your attorney client because you're just you're in negotiations with the other opposing counsel. So we'd like to see we'd like to see. Those things. Well, you can't see those. Well, they were in the newspapers. So just give us what you gave the newspapers, because that's where they came from, right? The letter says that the information contained in the articles reinforces serious concerns regarding whether the department has handled a case involving President Biden's son in an impartial manner that is consistent with other prosecutions. Among the 300 pages of documents that the House chairs are interested in are a 100-slide PowerPoint presentation from Biden's lawyers that argued any prosecution would be the result of succumbing to political pressure by Republicans. Yes, I'd like to see that PowerPoint, too. You can't, you can't follow the law. You can't follow your normal protocols of how to charge these people or how to charge my client. Because if you do that, then you're giving the Republicans a win. That's an interesting way to, uh, yeah, that's an interesting way to cut a deal, isn't it? Making it overtly partisan. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see the PowerPoint. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. That's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. All righty, so uh, where was I? Do, do, do. Oh, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer sent a letter to the National Archives and Records Administration on Wednesday, so yesterday, uh, requesting unrestricted special access to communications between the office of then-Vice President Joe Biden and... Hunter Biden or his business associates, right? So what is what is he talking about? What are they talking about here? Well, they want to know. Um, I think this has to do with the uh, the Robert Ware, the J.R.B. Ware, all that stuff. But also, as I mentioned, they're filling in the gaps in the timeline. Okay, so the letter makes requests from NARA, which we now all know about, thanks to the Mar-a-Lago situation, right? We're all aware of the Presidential Records Act and all that stuff. But NARA has documents, stuff from when Joe Biden was vice president. And these House uh, investigators, they want to see some of the documents because they're filling in the gaps of the timeline. So they're asking for all of the records on Hunter Biden, James Biden, and their foreign business dealings. Among the requested documents is a December 4th, 2015 email in which longtime Biden family business associate Eric Schwerin, and I, I, I have to say it like that. I don't know why. But Eric Schwerin sent quotes to Joe Biden's comms gal, a woman by the name of Kate Bedingfield. Okay? She was the comms director for the vice president. So Eric Schwerin, business associate of Hunter, sends the comms gal quotes, talking points, right? That he said the White House should use in response to media questions regarding Hunter's role on the board of Burisma. Okay, Schwerin works with Hunter. Hunter's on Burisma's board. And Schwerin sends this email to the vice president's comms person, who replies a couple hours later, VP signed off on this. Okay, so Hunter's business associate fed the quotes to the vice president to talk about Hunter being on the board of Burisma. Okay? Back to the letter from James Comer. The timing of this email traffic is concerning to the committee, he says. According to Devin Archer, another one of Hunter Biden's business buddies... After a Burisma Board of Directors meeting in Dubai, Hunter Biden called D.C., quote-unquote, called D.C., remember that? He called D.C. to discuss pressure that Burisma asked him to relieve. And so he, quote, called D.C. Do you remember this? The Board of Directors meeting in Dubai, and then they went, they went afterwards down the street at a restaurant, and then the guys from Burisma show up. And they were in Dubai because the Burisma chief is being investigated so he can't be in Ukraine. Remember all of that? And that's when Hunter Biden calls D.C. Talk about pressure 
that is is coming down on Burisma by the the special prosecutor or general prosecutor of Ukraine, Viktor Shokin, that Joe Biden later got fired. That would be the the pro quo right there. Right. You got the quid, Hunter on the board, lots of money coming in, and then the quo is Shokin getting fired. Right? Okay. So what do these two events have to do with each other? This email about the talking points and uh, the uh, board of directors meeting in Dubai. What What's the deal? Why, why are these two things being discussed at the same time? Well, the email discussing the quotes, like the talking points, tell, like this is how the vice president should talk about how his son is on the Burisma board. That was December 4th. Okay. The board of directors meeting in Dubai. December 4th, same day. Why is, why is Hunter Biden's business associate feeding talking points to the vice president's office who then said VP signed off on this? What does that mean? It means the vice president knew about Hunter's business dealings. Because of course he did. But that's not what Joe Biden has been lying about. Right? That's not what he's been saying. He's been lying and saying that there's this wall between his business and his public life. And he, and he never even talked about any of the business dealings with his son and all of that. So when you know that this has a potential problem that to the point where you're taking your talking points to smooth things over when the media calls about your son's involvement with Burisma, Archer, Devin Archer, also testified that Joe Biden, as vice president, joined at least 20 phone calls and or in-person meetings with Hunter's foreign business associates during their time working together. So Joe Biden knew. He signed off on the talking point. So he knew Hunter Biden is on the board of Burisma. There's your proof. Or as we like to call it, that everybody keeps asking about, like, where's the evidence? This is evidence. This is a piece of evidence. And when you put it on the timeline, it lines up. Because not only... Do we know that the board of directors meeting was held in Dubai on December 4th, 2015, that evening? That's actually midday in Washington, D.C., December 4th. So when they get the email, it comes in at 1045 a.m. from Schwerin and is responded to at 2.30 saying VP signed off on this. It's all happening at the same time. And I'm supposed to believe that what this is just to to help out the vice president, knowing that his son is on the board and they just had a board meeting and it was in Dubai. And then Hunter calls D.C. and they're in Dubai because the leader of Burisma can't go back to his home country because he's being investigated. They've seized his uh, his stuff or they're looking to seize his stuff. And I'm supposed to believe the call to D.C. right after the talking points that these are unrelated activities. So contrary to what the president has been uh, shoveling um, all of these years, turns out, no, he actually was directly involved with his son's business in different ways. They would get uh, talking points uh, when he was vice president. They would sign off on the talking points and such. Also, this fella, uh, Eric Schwerin, who formerly served as the managing director of Rosemont Seneca Advisors, which is a now defunct financial advisory firm that Hunter Biden co-founded with him. Uh, He also worked in Hunter's lobbying shop for six years. Um, This guy, Schwerin, visited the White House and the Naval Observatory, where the vice president lived, 
at least 36 times while Joe Biden was serving as Veep. Emails found on the laptop say Schwerin, show Schwerin was deeply involved in the Biden family's finances, often moving money around for Hunter and his father. What else? Um, oh, according to Jim Comer, congressman leading the House Oversight investigation, he said uh, Joe Biden never built an absolute wall between his family's business dealings and his official government work. There is evidence of collusion in the efforts to spin media stories about Burisma's corruption while Vice President Biden was publicly pushing an anti-corruption agenda in Ukraine. So here's the question, too, you need to ask. And if we had an honest media, uh, they would uh, ask this question, too. Why lie? Why would Joe Biden lie about the extent of his knowledge of Hunter Biden's work? Right. If it's all legit, if it's all above board, if what you've done, like he doesn't have to say, I know everything that Hunter did and I, I and I can assure you it was all perfect. He doesn't have to say that. I'm not asking him to say that. I'm I'm curious as to why you felt the need to lie about whether or not you ever talked with your son about business. And it never was credible to me. That you're flying with him, you're flying together on Air Force Two, you're flying overseas to these countries where he has business, that's why he's on the plane with you, right? Because he's hitching a ride with dad at taxpayer expense, but I mean, fine, you're already paying the freight, so you might as well just throw another piece of luggage on there, right? Fine. But you're telling me it never even comes up? Like, hey, why are you on the plane with me? (laughs) Right? Like that? But now we know it did. Because they would coordinate with the scheduling on the fake email accounts that we now found out Joe Biden was keeping the Robert Ware and JB JRB Ware and all that. Right. We now know he, he was coordinating scheduling. So that's also what the house oversight committee is now asking for. They've uh, requested unrestricted special access to records related to then vice president Biden's foreign travel with his family on air force two and Marine two. That's the helicopter. The lawmakers point to Biden's misuse of the aircraft as yet another way he has abused his various offices of public trust and wasted taxpayer money to benefit his family's enterprise, which consisted of nothing more than access to Joe Biden himself. See, like I haven't even gotten to that side of this question yet, because we're, we're still compiling the evidence, right? Because the next question is, does Joe Biden even go to Ukraine? Does Joe Biden even start this anti-corruption effort in Ukraine? But for Hunter's business dealings. Because if there's no other reason for him to be there, or he was prompted to be there by first having knowledge of the business arrangement, right? Now you're getting into, yeah, expenses paid by taxpayers. He never should have gone there in the first place. I'm I'm holding open the idea that, okay, maybe these things were running on a parallel course. But that's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He doesn't deserve it, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until we can get more evidence that none of this stuff was was necessary. Because, like, all right, so honestly, what is the, what's the reason, what's the reason why Ukrainian corruption became this big deal? Why did, why did the Obama administration care? What prompted it? And who put Joe in charge, right? Obama says Joe's going to lead this, right? After having 
uh, cured cancer with the moonshot. Now he's uh, he's going to go and he's going to do this. He's going to go, uh, Sheriff Joe. He's going to go over there and talk to the Ukrainians. He's going to tell them, uh, knock it off, like just like Obama did the Russians. Stop the election interfering, right? So he's going to have Joe go over, and Joe's going to work his magic, and the corruption's going to end in Ukraine. Who pitched the idea to whom? Did Obama ask Joe to go? Was it Obama's idea? Or did Joe ask Obama to go? Was it Joe's idea? I think it's a fair question. No? The committee has also requested documents related to any official duties that Joe Biden undertook while vice president that overlapped with Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine. Now, what's funny here is that the NARA, um, they are not interested in in uh, giving any of these uh, or not or giving some of certain documents, they say certain documents, uh, they're they're not interested in producing them to the committee. And what's more, they're not even going to say whether they have such documents. The ones that they deem, they and only they deem to be personal records. So if they think it's a personal record, we're not even going to say we got it. Yeah, pound sand. That's what Nara is saying to a congressional investigation okay so that's coming to a head also this is from margo cleveland at the emails obtained by the heritage foundation uh, using a freedom of information act lawsuit and shared exclusively with the federalist reveal that lies leaked to the new york times about the origins of damning evidence implicating hunter and joe biden in a bribery scandal were fed to delaware u.s attorney david weiss I know it's kind of convoluted, so I'm going to walk through this. You've got a New York Times story about where the Hunter Biden evidence came from. Do you remember what that story was? Do you remember what the New York Times story was? Rudy, 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 Rudy. Giuliani. That was the story. Remember? They said, this crap came from Rudy Giuliani. The New York Times reported... This lie, and that's what it was, it was a lie, on December 11th, 2020. So after the election, right, they said material from Giuliani spurred a separate Justice Department pursuit of Hunter Biden. This occurred just a week after Americans first learned of the investigation of the now president's son. The New York Times' reporting was replete with falsehoods and deceptive narratives, but Americans just didn't know it at the time. What was the lie? The lie was that the evidence implicating the Bidens was derived from Giuliani. But it wasn't. It was from the highly credible FBI confidential human source. That's where it came from. The confidential human source that had been working for the government for years for the FBI for years, had been paying out tens of thousands of dollars for his work in doing so and had provided them with a bunch of information about the leader of Burisma and how they had essentially bought the Bidens in order to help them make all of their problems go away. This was the confidential human source, right? The, um, the information that was recorded in the FD-1023 report. That they had. Right? The government had. So, here's a question. Who told the New York Times that it was Rudy? 
then, uh, how did the U.S. attorney that was investigating it, David Weiss, the Delaware U.S. attorney, now the special counsel, right? Why wasn't he told that this was not true when he was fed that New York Times article? I've gone over this before. It's the same pattern. This is information laundering. You plant the story, true or false, doesn't matter. You plant the story in the media. Then once it's published, you use that story to advance the agenda you were trying to advance, but you otherwise would not have been able to, right? So you go to some reporter, you get him to print your lie. You then take that article and you go and you say, see, look, it's being reported. We need to do this thing that I always wanted to do, but you wouldn't have approved, but for this article. Information laundering. It's constant. It's constant. And for the life of me, I do not understand why these reporters at the New York Times and Politico, why they allow themselves to be whored out like this. It's, yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing for them. And kind of gross. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, so Margot Cleveland writing at thefederalist.com about um, emails that were obtained by the Heritage Foundation following a Freedom of Information Act request. And so it goes back to this December 11th, 2022 article in the New York Times that that uh, said the Hunter Biden uh, information came from Rudy Giuliani and the, uh, regarding Burisma. And that's not true. It actually came from the FBI's confidential human source. So now these emails show that the FBI lies laundered through the New York Times were then fed directly to the Delaware U.S. attorney, David Weiss. Because obviously the New York Times was fed lies from somewhere. Where did that come from? Most likely the FBI. The never-before-seen emails provided... Late last week, by the Department of Justice to the Heritage Foundation, were in response to a court order. Included in an email from the FBI Office of Public Affairs National Press Office, um, forwarded all over the place from uh, Weiss's top de- or yeah, from there to Weiss's top deputies, Leslie Wolf. Remember her? She's the one that put the kibosh on all sorts of investigations that the IRS was trying to do. The IRS was like, hey, we're going to go check out this place where he's got all the documents stored. She's like, no. Hey, we're going to go interview Hunter Biden and the family. No. Hey, we want to ask the family members about Joe Biden, who is the big guy and getting 10%. You know, no. Right. She she blocked the IRS at all stages. Also, remember, the IRS investigators were never told about the confidential human sources FD 1023 report either. They didn't know that either. Given the sweetheart deal. That Wolf later tried to gift Hunter Biden. The latest revelation raises the question of whether, and if so when, 
whether Weiss's staff informed him of the confidential human source reporting that Burisma paid $5 million in bribes to both Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. $5 million apiece. These questions are now more important than ever because the just-released emails show Weiss's staff sharing with him the New York Times' false reporting that portrayed evidence coming from the Pittsburgh FBI office as sourced solely to Rudy Giuliani. And that's not true. Not by a long shot. At a minimum, at a minimum, Leslie Wolf and others in the Delaware office knew that. Weiss may not have. But Wolf certainly did. As the Federalist previously reported, contrary to the New York Times reporting in the run-up to the 2020 election, then-Attorney General William Barr told the Western District of Pennsylvania to serve as an intake office for any evidence related to Ukraine. U.S. Attorney Scott Brady was then charged with screening the evidence to ensure disinformation did not reach the other offices that were handling investigations related to Hunter Biden or Ukraine. While some of the evidence Brady's team screened did come from Giuliani, agents also independently discovered a separate line of intel, that coming from the confidential human source. Americans would later learn the contents of that FD-1023 when a whistleblower told Chuck Grassley's office of its existence. Then the FBI Director Christopher Wray dragged his feet Grassley was like, screw you, released a redacted copy of the unclassified document to the public. And then the unredacted portions finally get uh, known, and that confirms Giuliani had nothing to do with the sourcing of the intel. It was a confidential human source with a long relationship with the FBI. When the news first broke of the FD-1023 and its damning indictment of the Bidens, Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, tried to bury the story with a one-two punch, Cleveland says. First, she says they framed the evidence as originating from Giuliani and part of a foreign disinformation operation. When Grassley released the FD-1023 document, that narrative was blown up. Second, they falsely represented to the American public that Brady's office had already investigated the FD-1023 and had closed the investigation as meritless. This is what Jamie uh, Raskin was talking about. Oh, they already looked into it and closed it and blah, blah, blah. That uh, that, That claim is not true either. The crux of the matter. Who in the Delaware office knew of the FD-1023's existence? Because the Pittsburgh FBI office had briefed the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, on the document and its conclusion that it bore indicia or indicia, I guess, of credibility. It, it looked credible. A source familiar with the Pittsburgh brief of the Delaware office said Leslie Wolf was there. Weiss was not. The Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office kept the Hunter Biden laptop secret from the Pennsylvania-based U.S. Attorney's Office as well. Pittsburgh corroborated several details of the FD-1023 and briefed Leslie Wolf on those details. It looks like Leslie was the one doing the information laundering, doesn't it? Stick around. Brett Winterbull's up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.